Welcome to Career Tools. This week, you must answer the interview question. The questions this cast answers are, how can I avoid answering an interview question? How can I avoid talking about certain topics in interviews? And what's the best way to answer an interview question? Before we start this week, I want to quickly tell you about the Roadmap app which Manager Tools has been developing for iOS and Android. It's now in beta or beta, depending on how you say that. It's a completely interactive roadmap for every step in starting to roll out the Manager Tools Trinity, one-on-ones and feedback. And it has enterprise capabilities, which means if you're managing managers, you can see how well they're doing one-on-ones and feedback. We're really excited about it and you'll hear more about it in the weeks to come. Now on with the show. And we have other guidance that we recorded a few weeks ago about what to do when you don't have an answer to a question. You know, if you if they ask for experience that you don't have, or if they ask you um, about something that you don't know anything about, we've got guidance on what to do that. But sometimes there's a question and you just don't want to answer it. You do have an answer, but you don't want to discuss the topic or you don't want to answer it. You know, if somebody says, why were you fired? A lot of people will avoid that question, which is a bad way to go. You should answer the question. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, So our guidance is answer the question anyway. And we're going to talk about different ways that people avoid and why those don't work and why you really should just answer the question. So take us through the outline, Sarah. All right. Our outline for today is number one, don't ask a question in return. Then... Don't answer a different question. Then answer the question first. Don't make a joke and be honest. And the first part of this cast is all the things that people do to avoid answering questions. So if you can't imagine doing that, here's an example. An interviewer asks, tell me about an effective relationship you have created and kept over a long period. How did you achieve that? And a good candidate has no problem. They tell you about a relationship. It might not be over a long period. You know, they might have only been in the job for 18 months. And so it's only a six-month relationship, but they have an answer. Absolutely. A middling candidate, though, they might be tempted to avoid answering the question, right? Either because they don't have an example, or it could be just because they don't have the knowledge of themselves uh, and others to be able to describe how they managed that relationship over a really long duration and over a long period of time. And we've said previously that if you don't have an answer to the question, then it's absolutely okay to say so. I don't have an answer for that one. That's not a problem. What many candidates do, though, is they avoid the question by asking a question. They might ask, are long relationships important here? And their hope is that the interviewer will spend so long answering the question that she doesn't realize the candidate didn't answer, right? The, the person might say, yes, actually, long relationships are really important here. We, the company has been going for 20 years and most of our suppliers we've had for all of those 20 years. And we want to keep those relationships and build on them. And so we really look for people who are able to keep relationships and, you know, suffer the ups and downs of all relationships, but to continue the relationship and be able to work with someone. So you think maybe in the interviewer answering that question and doing that little spiel that maybe took me a minute, they'll be so so distracted they won't notice you've got a question. But it doesn't work because interviewers have a space on their notes 
to write the answer to the question is a really obvious way reason why this doesn't work. An interview, if you've never been an interviewer, what you normally have is uh, a bunch of sheets of paper and the questions. And on one piece of paper, you might only have one or two questions. You have one question at the top of the page and one question about halfway down. And the gap in between is where you write your notes. And so if you've asked a question and your notes are still blank, either you you blanked out and you didn't take notes, which is unlikely in an interview, or the candidate didn't answer. It's really obvious. Oh, they're going to notice. Absolutely. If that space is blank, <laughs> for sure. Another trick that candidates might use is to ask a question like this. I have so many. Do you want an example of someone that I worked with or a customer or something? And what the candidate is trying to do is have the interviewer just give them a clue. Interview questions, they're they're designed really broadly. They ask for an example of a particular behavior, but the range of places that that answer could come from is so vast, is so wide, that any one of those relationships would do. The question is just strictly, it's about long relationships, and it could be answered with a story about a peer, boss, a mentor, customer, supplier, someone in another department that wasn't even a peer, a recruiter, uh, a colleague in a professional organization, someone maybe outside outside that workplace, someone you liaise with in a government department, a trainer. Tons of people, many people could be used for this example. When the candidate asks the question, what they're doing is they're trying to get a clue as to what the interviewer is looking for. Sometimes that's legitimate because the question isn't clear enough. In that case, though, the question that the candidate would ask for clarification purposes would sound a bit differently. In that case, it would probably sound more like, Um, I have an example about a supplier. Does that fit with what you're looking for? Whereas the clueless or the avoidant candidate would say something really wide open, right? Like, do you want an example of someone I worked with or a customer or something? Because they want to be told what the answer is, specifically what the interviewer is looking for. And the problem with all the tricks we're going to describe today is that they're totally transparent to the interviewer. It's like telling a kid to pick up the Legos and being asked, Mom, is the moon made of cheese? You know, like every person, every parent knows that's the kid. It's like kids going to bed, but I need a drink of milk, but I need to go to the bathroom, but I need a story, but I need another story. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we know what you're doing. We're not going to tell you to give answers against your best interests. We're not going to say, if you have this question about long relationships, describe one which blew up in spectacular fashion. But we are going to say, be honest and give an answer that paints you in a good light, but is an answer and doesn't try to snow the interviewer. If you're in an interview, you want this person to like you. You don't want to irritate them. That is irritating. <laughs> yeah, don't answer the question I ask you. It's, it's like people who say, good question. It's like, if it wasn't a good question, I wouldn't have asked it. And that really annoys me. And it's a tiny thing. And lots of people do it just to get, by, to get some time to think of their answer. But it's just, it's just irritating. It's annoying. Don't be annoying. That's one of the rules. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sarah's rules of interviewing. Yeah, exactly. Yes, all my pet peeves on a laundry list. That's all this is. The next piece, 
don't answer a different question. So this trick is another favorite of candidates. Uh, the question and answer are usually, but not always, uh, tangentially related. So the question is something like, oh, tell me about uh, how you've gone about improving standing systems on a continuous basis. Now, bad candidates answer the question, tell me about a time you've complained about something. Right? The point of the question is to find out what you've done to improve things, not what you noticed could be fixed. Right. Here's another. So the question is, describe a situation when you presented to a group and how you went about ensuring your presentation was effective. The good answer to that question is, I found out about my audience. I worked with what they needed. I uh, pre-wired them. If you don't know what pre-wiring is, go put it in the website. It's an awesome technique for making sure your presentations go really well. Um, I practiced. You know, there's a bunch of things that a good presenter does in order for a presentation to go well. But what bad candidates answer is, tell me about a time you put together a slide deck. They describe the PowerPoints and how they put them together. Not anything about the audience or the thinking they did in order to make the presentation successful. The point of the question is for the interviewer to understand the candidate's effectiveness in presenting, not their proficiency with PowerPoint. Two things are way different. The problem for a candidate in answering this way is the interviewer knows that one of two things is true. So either the candidate doesn't understand the question or they're avoiding the question for one of any multitude of reasons. And the interviewer in that moment, they can't be sure that you're not just a bad candidate. And for that reason, they have to categorize you as such. They have to put you in that category because they can't tell the difference based on your answer. Let's give you an example. It's a bit like eat by f- dates on food. You know, you go to your fridge, you look at something in the, in the fridge. In my case, it's usually milk. And it looks and smells fine, but, you know, the date's a few days ago. And I don't know if my assessment of the healthiness of the product is true, right? I can't tell. Okay, if I'm smelling the milk and it smells fine, does that mean it's fine or not? I can't tell. And so I'm going to do the safe thing, which is pour it away because the, the, the sell-by date was gone. And the interviewers are doing the same thing. They can't tell why you're giving them the answer to a different question. And so they have no choice but to throw you away or put you in the bad candidate response pile. It's safer for the company as a whole for an interviewer, if they're unsure about a candidate, to put them on a no pile. If you've listened to any of our hiring casts for hiring managers, we say, look for reasons to say no, because it's far worse for a hiring manager to have the wrong person in the seat than it is to have an empty seat. And so if you have any doubt at all, you put them on the no pile. When you're avoiding the question, they don't know why you're avoiding it or why you're not answering that question the question they've asked, and so they have to put you on the no pile. It doesn't matter that you found this clever trick or found this clever way around answering the question. It's still a negative outcome for you, so you might as well have not done it. It's a little bit like putting spelling errors on a resume. I don't know whether or not you're detail-oriented or not, and I've got enough options here that I don't have to worry about figuring that out. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's a, this is the clues you're giving me. That's all I can go with. The next piece, 
So all this is answer the question first. We talk about this in the interviewing series. The interviewing series, the, the product takes you from nothing to confident in 15 podcasts. Now, you have to answer the question the interviewer asks first. This concept is best demonstrated with this example. So, for example, I'm the interviewer. I'll be the candidate. What was your GPA? Well, I was working full-time through college, and also I had to take a lot of classes each semester, and I don't test well. And this one professor insisted on 100% of our grade coming from tests, and so I didn't do as well as, you know, I might have wanted to. I only got 2.5. Right. Now, the interviewer myself, I asked for the GPA. What I am looking for in this moment is a number. And my candidate told me all of the things that she wanted for me to know before answering that actual question. We don't recommend you do that. Answer the question first, right? So my GPA was only 2.5. And then go about telling the story after, if that's what you still want to do, right? There's more depth on this in the interviewing it series itself. But yes, that's another thing. It's irritating. I asked for a number. <laughs> And it's another thing where candidates assume that there's a negative and they're trying to mitigate the negative that they don't know is a problem. Right? You don't know that the interviewer, who the, the hiring manager, didn't get a 1.0 GPA for whatever reason or a 1.5. And 2.5 sounds fine to them. They only want to know that you went to college and you graduated and they don't actually care about your grade. It just says that on the piece of paper they were given by HR. Yeah, it's definitely possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What you're doing is assuming that there's a negative and trying to mitigate it when there isn't necessarily a, a, a negative there. I said at the beginning, people don't like answering the question, why were you fired? When I was fired and I, you know, somebody said, why, why did you leave this company? And I said, I was fired. And she said, why? And when I explained, she said, they sound ridiculous. She she didn't care. She, we just carried on the carried on the thing and she made me an offer you know what candidates assume is a negative is not necessarily a negative and when you try and mitigate it by putting all this extra information around the actual question that was asked you're causing a negative where the ne negative didn't necessarily exist before you started talking mm -hmm. absolutely this is my favorite don't make a joke <laughs> don't make a joke actually recently we saw on the internet someone advising candidates when they were asked the question, what is your weakness, to answer with the word chocolate. Now, that is not helpful, not clever, and not funny. We've had, tell me about a time um, you've had a conflict with someone and answered that with, all my enemies are dead, right? Um, there's a frequent one as well. Uh, what was your favorite part of that job? And people responding, home time. <laughs> And, you know, when I'm not in an interview, it's funny. But when I'm in an interview, it's not funny. It's no. not. It's just like, well, I, it's again, it's, a, it's introducing a negative where a negative doesn't exist. Because now I'm going to wonder, is that person actually telling the truth? Like, you know, we don't want you to turn into an automan. Like, you don't have to be perfect interview people. But interviews are relatively serious things. You know, the company's making a big decision, and so are you. And they're not the place for jokes, especially if you're not in the room with somebody. You know, we all know, we've all heard that 
human interaction is different if we can't see each other. The body language means so much. So if you're on the phone or you're on Skype with someone, don't make a joke because they won't necessarily get the nuance of it. Jokes can always go wrong every time, right? First, the interviewer just might not get it. They might not think you're funny. They're just people in the world who don't think that's a joke. And then second, they just might not appreciate your joke. Right? Why are they making a joke? Why right now? Are they avoiding my question? Right? There's so many things that can run through your head. Or they might think, well, without fire, there's no smoke. So while you're joking about killing your enemies and home time being your favorite, you might be hiding some truth. So some people make a joke and then answer the question, which we don't recommend you do. And worse, though, is a joke instead of an answer, because you have the opportunity to answer a question. If you're in an interview for an hour, you maybe get eight to ten questions. If you're going to waste one, that's, you know, a tenth of your interview, do you actually really want this job first? (laughs) If that's what you're going to do, that would would be my question. Well, you know, I'm giving you an opportunity to answer a question, to give me some of your experience, and you're just joking. I'm not sure that you want this job as much as I want you to want it. Right. So you've wasted an answer, and you've wasted an opportunity to show your honesty and your ethics if it's a negative answer, and it could go wrong in all the ways that we've described. So just don't do it. Next piece is my favorite piece. Be honest. An honest employee is better than one with a clever answer every time. Think of it this way. You're the hiring manager considering hiring Jill. Now, you've asked 10 questions and on two, Jill's avoided the question by asking you a question and by deflecting with a humorous story about a previous boss. However, on the other eight questions, she her answers are enough for you to feel that she could be capable of that job. Then you start imagining her in it. It's your first team meeting. You need an update on some relatively simple data entry thing that Jill is doing. And you ask for one, and she tells you a humorous story about one of the entries. And you don't have time to waste when you're in the, you know, you have your team together, so you let it slide. But you make a note. I don't know the answer to the question that I just asked. So later, you ask again. You know, you go by Jill's cube, and you say to her, hey, look, I need to know about this data entry. And she starts asking you questions, like, what's this What what's this work for? And, of course, she's new, so you, you tell her about the structure of the business and the work and how this data fits in and so on, and then you realise you've got to go to a meeting and you walk away and you realise, I still don't know what's happening with that project. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jill showed you that she's going to do when she works for you. In that interview, right, given the opportunity in the interview to give you a straightforward answer, she's not doing so. So can you hire Jill in good faith, assuming that she won't do that on the job? You could, uh, but we suggest you wouldn't because that would be ridiculous. It's to be expected. Exactly. People show you who they are all the time. So as the interviewee, the person who is being interviewed, you need to show the hiring manager that you're the kind of person they want on their team. If you're the kind of person who avoids questions or makes humorous stories or whatever it is that you think you're able to get around a question that you don't like with, you're showing the interviewer that you don't like answering hard questions. And people don't want people like that on their team. They don't. Absolutely not. Honesty shows 
that you understand yourself, right? And understanding yourself is essential to personal growth and improvement to professionalism. A hiring manager would rather hire someone who doesn't know everything, but shows themselves as willing to improve than someone who knows everything, but will remain stuck there at that same place where they are for the next three years of their life. Right. Because you don't understand yourself, therefore you can't grow. Managers want directs who will give them the answer they need when they need it, even when that's detrimental to the direct. If we got a customer service email that said, you know, the company's charged us $500 and I haven't got any of my products, we would try and fix that straight away. But also we would we would tell Mark and Mike, you know, you and I as their directs would tell Mark and Mike, I screwed up. And that is more valuable than having people who avoid things. You know, it's not good for me. If I have screwed up, I don't want to tell Mark. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> but I know, the, I know the outcome if I don't. And so I go tell him. And it's worse to hide the screw up than the screw up in the first place. And so what you're trying to demonstrate in the interview is that you're the kind of person that will tell people you've screwed up even when it's detrimental to yourself because that's the way that problems can be fixed Mm -hmm, absolutely if you've if anyone out there or if any of you want to come to uh, the effective interviewer conference if you hear the stories that mark tells about my interview and some of the ways that i answered my questions some of my answers took him aback but what i said in that moment was i want to work here for the next 35 years of my life so I don't have time (laughs) to not just tell you everything right now. I got to stick to the truth at this point because I can't. I don't have, I don't have time to maintain those lies forever. So yeah, sometimes that means telling stories that you are not proud of, but in the end, you've at least proven yourself to be an honest person. Better to lose a, better to lose a job because you're honest than get it because you lied. Absolutely. And if you think that avoidance, which is what most of these tricks are, avoiding the question, if you think that that's a strategy to avoid giving a bad answer, because you're worried that a bad answer is a bad thing in an interview, then you're worrying about the wrong thing. Because one bad answer will not mean that you've lost a job necessarily, right? Candidates give bad answers all the time, you know, negative, not bad as in not good, bad as in negative towards themselves or not positive towards themselves, And hiring managers know that candidates aren't perfect. You're not Cinderella and, you know, it's not the glass slipper. Perfection doesn't exist. And hiring managers have a standard and they should have a standard. We recommend that. And they should hire to that standard. But that standard isn't perfection. And you don't need to do all these clever things which are completely transparent in order to avoid giving a bad answer because a bad answer isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. All candidates have flaws. Am I interviewing somebody right now who's willing to show me those? Yes. They know that. They know that going in. And hiring managers, they know when you're avoiding the question. The solution is just simple. Answer the question. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Wendy. Thanks, everyone. Hope that was helpful. We'll see you again next week. 